Thank God for the lighthouse. No children's chapel this morning. Everybody's staying in. If you want to turn your Bibles, book of Psalms chapter 6 for our thoughts this morning. Psalms chapter 6. And Brother Mark, we appreciate you filling in and playing the piano for us, brother. Thank you. Psalms chapter 6. God's word proclaims, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxes old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you and we're glad that we can be in your house this morning and assemble in your name. And Father, we just thank you for those that have come out. And Lord, pray you'll bless them for being here. And Father, we've come to worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. We've come, Lord, to worship you, the living God. And Father, be with those that couldn't be with us, Lord, due to weather or maybe being out of town or sick. We just uh, lift them up and pray that your will be done with them and you'll bless them and get them back to us. Father, as we come before you, break the bread of life, I pray you'll just bring to my memory those things I've studied and let me preach with boldness and authority those truths you've laid upon my heart this morning. Father, again, I thank you for the privilege and honor being the under-shepherd here at Lone Mountain. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what this church means in this community. But most of all, I thank you for what this church means to you, Lord. You died for the church. So now as we get ready to preach and speak your precious word, may your Holy Spirit comfort and convict and have its way in our hearts this morning. If there's one here today doesn't know the free pardon of sin, never trusted Jesus as their Savior, may your Holy Spirit convict, convict and convince them of that need, how urgent it is, for it's in Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. All right, what we have here is called a penitent psalm. Now, there are seven other ones, or seven 
as total of these penitent psalms in the book of Psalms. But this is the first one. It's chapter 6. And of course it deals with David. Now most scholars will tell you this is dealing with the fact of David's sin with Bathsheba. He was miserable. Now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong at all that when it comes to sin in our lives as Christians, when we are in sin apart from fellowship with God, we are the most miserable people on earth. If you are truly a born again child of God and you have sin in your life and you've yet to confess and ask God's forgiveness, what's taking you so long? Why do you want to stay in misery? We have a picture of David here. Literally, the man is miserable day and night. Now, don't get me wrong. When he sinned with Bathsheba for a short period of time, there was pleasure there. He forgot about the rebellion. And don't we as believers today sometimes forget when we sin? And to know to do good and not to do it, to him it's sin. We forget about we're rebelling against God. And can I tell you about conviction? I, <laughs> we'll get into the message here in a minute. But let me tell you about conviction. This is before I got saved, I was convicted. I knew I was lost, I was a sinner, undone, and I needed Christ. But as a believer, when I mess up and the Holy Spirit convicts my heart, do you know why God sends conviction? To punish us. Nope. It's to show us there is a need for repentance. That's all conviction is. God is saying, hey, you messed up. You need to take care of that sin. But what do we generally do? We don't pay it no mind. And again, if you don't confess it while it's on your mind, if you wait, the longer you wait, the more you're going to forget and you're going to end up having unconfessed sin in your life. And then you wonder, why ain't God blessing me like he once did? Because of sin. Because of sin. So with that said, understand, Jesus died to redeem us from sin. Understand, Jesus died to atone us for sin. But we still, Brother Ciro, live in this flesh. This flesh never got saved. My soul got saved, but this old flesh is still as lost as it ever was, and it still causes me problems. How about you? Now, I'm looking forward to not dealing with sin one day. But you know what? I won't have this same body of flesh. I'll have me a new, improved body. Amen? I might have a 32 waist one of these days. Amen? I might. I might. But my point is, this flesh didn't get saved. So we deal with it. And David, after he committed adultery and murder by placing Bathsheba's husband in the front lines in battles, knowing he would die, even though he did those horrible things, and by the way, he did some other things. But God said, 
He's a man after my own heart. You know why? Because David loved God and he wanted to stay in fellowship with God. But this psalm was written before he made things right with God. He is literally showing how miserable he is. And I'll say it and then we'll get into verse 1. There is nothing at all worse than being out of fellowship with God. You see, once a person is saved and you have that close fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ and then something, some sin you allow to come in between you and the Lord and it breaks that fellowship. Notice I said fellowship. I didn't say relationship. Once you are born again, you are eternally secure. You are a child of God and that's never going to change. I don't care how much sin you commit. But I will say this. Anybody that's truly saved, I won't say you can't sin because you will sin. But if you're truly saved, you'll have your want to fixed. And you'll want to try to please the Lord. You'll want to. I have issues with folks that don't have no problem. They can sin and sin and sin and it never bothers them. You want me to go ahead and say it? I thought it. I might as well say it, huh? Don't believe they're saved. Because if you're truly saved, you have a desire to please God. And you want that fellowship. And that's what David is wanting here. Now look at verse 1. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. I want you to understand. David knew he messed up. He sinned. And he also knew that God knew he messed up. And he sinned. And he might fool some of the people, but he didn't fool God and he knew that. There was no need in trying to hide it or cover it up. Why is it the first thing we want to do when we sin is hide it? There's no use. He tells us in Hebrews that we're ever naked before him. He sees everything. So why try to cover it up? And David knew there's no need in trying to fool the Lord and say, Lord, I didn't do nothing. He was caught red-handed. And he knew the only thing that was left was if he didn't repent, conviction and chastisement. Why do we have to always take it to the distance? Why do we always have to take it to where God has to chastise us? And what I mean by that is just like you discipline your children, he disciplines us. He busts our tail. Why do we have to do that when we can just fall on our knees and ask him for mercy? You see, God is a God of mercy and I'm thankful He's a merciful God, but he's also a holy, righteous God, and he expects us, by Christ, not our own merits, but by Christ, to live a 
holy life. Not a perfect life. We can't this side of eternity. But at least he expects us to come clean when we mess up. And here this morning, I don't know your hearts, but God does. If there's sin in your life and you've yet to ask his forgiveness and it's unconfessed, understand God's going to convict you to show you you need to repent. But if you don't repent, then you leave him no choice. He's going to chastise you. You say, oh, God's a God of love and mercy. He would never do that. What Bible have you been reading? He whipped Israel how many times for their nonsense? He whipped them good. And they were given as an example to the church. So what do you mean he's too good to do that? Have mercy upon me. If you're under the sound of my voice this morning, you've yet to invite Christ into your heart to be your Savior. The only prayer God's going to hear from you is, Lord, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. Come into my heart and save me. And what does David cry out? Lord, be merciful to me. David knew. He was miserable. He knew. The only one that can give what we don't deserve is God through his mercy. And then he says, heal me. I'm sorry. Oh Lord, for I am weak. Oh Lord, heal me for my bones are vexed. Now let me tell you about the shape David was in. Literally, the sin that broke fellowship with God had literally made him physically ill. You say, well, how is that possible? Think about it. When we as believers aren't right with God, we are under conviction, right? And with that conviction, knowing we are not right with God, we don't sleep too good. We worry. We have anxiety. We have those things that are bad for our health. And that was David's problem physically. He wouldn't sleep and he wouldn't eat. He was literally sick. All because fellowship being broken with God. And not only was his body physically vexed, but also his soul was vexed. You see, he remembered that great fellowship with God. He remembered God's anointing and his hand being upon him. He remembered all of the things God had did for him. But now because of his actions, because of his flesh and giving in to the flesh. Now it's all done and his soul was literally troubled, vexed. Because he wasn't right with God. He missed it. Wouldn't it be nice as a child of God when we sin, we would know what we're missing? 
There is nothing greater than fellowship with the Lord. I'm going to tell you, I have not experienced anything greater than a relationship with the Lord. Because it's close, it's intimate. But I also know that when I mess up, and you say, well, you're a pastor. You, surely you don't mess up. <laughs> I wish you'd follow me around. You'd see I mess up. You say, how? Are you drinking? Are you gambling? Are you chasing after strange women? No, I'm not doing that. But I mess up sometimes because, one, I might be watching a football game or a program on TV, and the Lord says, you know what? You really need to call so-and-so. Have a word of prayer over the phone. You need to tell that person walking across the street, about me. Oh Lord, I'll get around to it. Just not today. I'm busy. So I'm guilty of sin because the Bible says to know to do good, not to do it. To him it's sin. So when I grieve the Holy Spirit, I am committing sin. So yes, I sin every day. And so do you. Do your head like this. Yes. Because we all do. And I'm going to tell you, anybody tells you that they are saved and they've never sinned once, laugh at them and walk away. I was going to say run because those folks are in a fantasy world. Here's David. Physically, his body is vexed to the bones. Spiritually, His soul is vexed. Why? Because fellowship and communion with God was broken. I can't tell you how important it is for us to stay in fellowship with the Lord. Amen? Now, notice. Return, O Lord. Deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's Sake. I said it a moment ago, it bears repeating. Who do we turn to when we sin? We turn to God and we ask for mercy. And God is faithful to give us mercy if we ask. And I can't reiterate this enough. If you have sin in your life and it's unconfessed before God, then not only is your fellowship broken, but the hand of God's permissive will is withheld from you. And things can happen. Y'all believe that? They can happen. You say, well, that's because God doesn't love me. No, he loves you so much that he wants you to come to your senses. That's why he convicts us. Now look at what David says here. This next verse. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? Now listen, David knew that we are eternal beings. We will either spend eternity in heaven with the Lord if we've trusted him as our savior or we will spend eternity in hell 
separated from him if we reject him. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about this. David knew that if he didn't repent and he died, he would miss the opportunity to serve God. You see, it boils down to this. We have one life. We have one opportunity to live and serve God. And David knew that if the Lord didn't give him mercy and he was to die, he wouldn't have the ability to live for him another day and to serve him. And it's the same way with us. Listen, I think it was Solomon. I think it's, uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes. That ain't too far. Turn over there with me. I think it's Ecclesiastes. Mm, I'm going to say nine. I could be mistaken. Nine or ten. No, it's nine. Look at verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. You see, what it boils down to is when you die, it's done. It's over. You can't live for God. You can't serve God on this side of eternity. So understand how important it is to make the most of the time God gives us. And the way you make the most of that is first, receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and two, living for the Lord to the best of your ability every day he gives you. That's pretty simple. That's not rocket science. He wants you to serve him. And David knew that. And notice what he says here. Go back to Psalm 6. He goes, I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I, make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. You think David was miserable? You think David wanted to make things right with his God? Yeah. Literally, when he thought about fellowship being broken with God, his tears literally fell from his eyes and ran down his face. Literally, his bed was wet. He was miserable. I would to God that we as believers would be miserable when we sin. Amen. Nowadays, we just, oh, it's under the blood. It's true. He saved us on the cross from the past and the present and the future. That's true. But listen to me. He still 
expects us when we sin to repent. No, I repented once. He saved me. I'm forever good. You're secure in Christ. Yes. If you truly repented and trusted Christ, yes, you're secure. But we're not talking about the eternal security of the believer. Now we're talking about just fellowshipping with God. And in order to fellowship with him, you've got to repent. I don't know about you. I can only answer for me. But I have to repent every single day. Every single day. I have yet to make it through a day in 37 years of being a preacher. I have yet to make it through one day without having to repent for something. Maybe a wrong thought. Maybe anger. If you drive very long here in Las Vegas, you get angry. Amen? People are nuts. They're nuts. And you get angry. And sometimes before you know it, you have to bite your tongue or your lip. Oh, Lord, that's the wrong thought. I'm sorry. You have to pray for your enemies. (laughs) Amen? But David was miserable. Again, why? Because he once had a walk with the Lord and because of his sin and let me again reiterate even though sin might look pleasurable and it might be pleasurable it's only pleasurable for that long it's very short you have to make things right with God and that's what David sets out to do here in this psalm And then he says, mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxes old because of all mine enemies. Again, what's he talking about there? Well, his eye are consumed with guilt. He knew he messed up. And can I tell you, there's not a child of God under the sound of my voice in this sanctuary that doesn't know when you sinned against God. Why and how do I know that? Because of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit convicts us right away. Again, what does conviction do? It shares with us that we need to repent. God already sees it. He already knows. And he talked about his eyes again. Why? Constantly crying. He was guilty before God and he wanted mercy. And he was sorrowful for his sin. How sorrowful are you and I this morning? Are we truly sorrowful? Or are we just sorrowful because we got caught? Be sure your sin will find you out. It'll find you out. And then notice what he says in the next verse. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. Now he's made supplication. He has prayed. He has repented. He has sought mercy. And God has given him that mercy. But notice what he said about his enemies. You see, 
There were those that found out about David's sin. And they just kept harping. And you know, David received mercy. He was forgiven. But there were others that didn't forgive. And that's the way it is with men, isn't it? You see, they like to bring up our past sins and our failures. Men do it all the time. But you know what I'm so thankful for? And you can write this down because this is good stuff. I'm thankful that God doesn't make me accountable to man. I'm only accountable to him. When he forgives me, he forgives and he forgets. He doesn't bring it up. Now, your accusers will. The greatest accuser there is is Satan. He will sit there and whisper in your ear, there's no way God loves you. You crossed the line. You're too sinful. He'll never forgive you. He is a liar and a thief and a murderer. Don't listen to him. You see, when Christ died on the cross, yes, we know he redeemed us. He atoned us. But he's also our uh, propitiation. That word don't just flow off my tongue. And what that means is this. And you can turn over there. You don't have to now. But if you'll go to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2, it says he is our propitiation. He died for the sins of the world. And that word propitiation means that he is the appeasement to God's Judgment. God is completely satisfied by what Jesus did on the cross for our sins. So again, I don't answer to you. You don't answer to me. All we got to answer to is the Lord. And if he gives us mercy when we humble ourselves and repent, Ask him to forgive us. That's all that matters. Now, can I say this? Sometimes we allow sin to come into our life and we hurt other people. Just like God is a God of reconciliation. He wants us to repent and make things right with him, but he also wants us to make things right with those we've wronged. Amen. Now, listen, they may not forgive us. If they don't, that's between them and God. Hold your head up and go on. But if you can make reconciliation with someone that you have wronged, do it. And God will bless you for it. Amen. Jesus on the cross. I can't imagine the agony. I can't imagine the pain and suffering that he endured for me and you. But even on the cross, Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If he can forgive, 
what happened to him for our sake, surely you and I can forgive those that trespass against us. You say, you don't understand. They did this, they did that. Folks, it's all about God's grace. It's grace. And listen, his grace enables us to forgive. His grace is sufficient. Now, I'm not saying after you make restitution and you're asked for forgiveness, I'm not saying that you have to be buddy-buddy again and put yourself in another position to where you might do the same thing or they might do something to you. But you have to make reconciliation. One more verse and we'll shut up. He says, again, in verse nine, the Lord's heard my supplication and the Lord will receive my prayer. Uh, Yes, he did what was needed to get forgiveness and fellowship restored. In verse 10, let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly again. Not everybody's going to pat you on the back when you said, tell them you've come to Jesus or you've made things right with the Lord. They're not all going to pat you on the back. But listen, leave them to the Lord. You just keep serving God. And when you fall, get back up on your feet. Don't stay down. Get back up on your feet. Ask the Lord to forgive you and keep on striving till we're called home. Striving to please God with our lives. I don't know why God laid this on my heart this week, but if you're here under the sound of my voice and there's unconfessed sin in your life, You need to get rid of that. The Lord says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's talking to the saved. He's not talking to the lost there. He's dealing with those that are his children. He's faithful. David proved that. He was miserable and he made things right with God and God gave him mercy. He'll do the same thing for you. If you're under the sound of my voice and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, then right here, right now, you need to get that settled. That's the most important thing you need to do is trust Christ for salvation. But just remember, God loves you. He's not out to watch us mess up and then zap us like some portray. Nope. He's very long suffering. He gives us plenty of rope before he yanks it. He wants us to be right. Are you right? David showed us how to get right. Will you use his example this morning? Father, that's the message. Pray, Lord, you'll just Take those words and, Lord, use them for your benefit and for your glory. And may those words sink in deep in our hearts. May your spirit.
convict us and show us where we need to make things right with you. Lord, help us not to wander out of fellowship and out of your will because of some sin. Father, help us to protect ourselves. Help us to abstain from all appearances of evil. Lord, while we're here, it's the only opportunity we have to serve you. When you call us home in death, we can't serve you no longer. May we make the most the days you give us. Again, there be one here that knows not Christ, the free pardon of sin, or there be one here that's got sin in their life. They need to come and confess it before you. We pray they'll have liberty to do it. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.